Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the bi-weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. So my guest today is Tamara Earle. Tamara, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I want to start right out by saying welcome and thank you for joining us and sharing your culinary school story. No problem. I'm glad that I can help you out with this podcast. Great. So let's start right out with the first question. You went to Johnson & Wales North Miami campus. Why did first you want to go to culinary school? And second, why did you pick that particular school and that particular campus? Well, I wanted to go to culinary school because I've always been a food lover since I was 12. I was always in the kitchen, you know, taking all my mom's ingredients, making them to these articulate dishes. And I don't know, I just fell in love with the kitchen. I love the the sounds of, you know, the pots and pans and the whisks going and things like that. Um, the reason why I chose Johnson & Wells University is because I actually won a scholarship from my high school. Um, and it was like, you can go to any culinary school that you want to go to. And Johnson & Wells just fit for me. Great. Did you look at any other schools before choosing Johnson & Wales, North Miami, or was that the only school you looked at? Um, it was only, it was Johnson & Wales, and it was also the, um, the Culinary Institute of America. And I chose to go to Johnson & Wales because I wanted to go to Miami. <laughs> I wanted to get, because I'm from Delaware, so I wanted, you know, I wanted to get out, I wanted to experience the world, I wanted to go to the nice beaches, the weather. Sure, warm weather is great, especially during that wintertime. Yes. All right, think back to your first day in school. You're walking on campus. What is it, what does it wish you had known before you started there? What is it that, you know, expectations may have changed or when you got there? Was it what you expected? Was it not? Was it, were you nervous? Tell us about that first day. My very first day, I think I had taken my academic classes first because um, with culinary, there's academic classes and there's also your culinary labs. I was doing my academic classes first and, um, you know, I was kind of bummed out that I wasn't doing my culinary classes first. I see, you know, other students wearing their, um, their chef whites and, you know, sure. their um, pants and yeah, you know, and I was just like, darn, I have to take my academics first. That sucks. So I go and, you know, I go into my, I think it was English, my English class. And, you know, everyone's just like looking at each other. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like, this like cannot be real. I'm actually in college right now. This is my first class. This is crazy. How was the academic classes? Were they good? I mean, obviously they're not as exciting as the lab part, but were they good? Were they beneficial? Because I know some students always think like, oh, why do I have to take these, you know, gen ed type classes? I want to get in the kitchen, but you know, they're valuable, obviously. Did you see that? Were they good? Were you wish they were different? Yes. So the um, academic classes, especially with like my English classes, um, I benefited a lot from them because um, I wasn't that great of a writer during high school. They try to give me, of course, like the um, the outlines of how to write papers and how to cite things and things like that. But with college work, they, you know, broke it down easier for me. I enjoyed my professors. Like, they're awesome. They in and out of the classroom, you know, they're always there for you. You need to email them. They get back to you quickly. Nutrition class. Nutrition class was a big one because 
I do um, vegan foods and beverages. So that was also um, a big one for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Tell us about your business now. What is, what is it you're doing? Uh, yeah, I know you've gone through some different uh, career options, exploration after you got out of school, but you've kind of settled in and you're, you're an entrepreneur, your own business. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my business name is called Delectables. Um, I do vegan foods and beverages. Everything is um, organic and vegan, no dairy product. So I just try to farm from my local farms around where I live and things like that. I try to be very personable. Things I pick. Good. Where, where do you sell that? Is it a, just at a farmer's market, a store? Do you have a brick and mortar? How, how, do, how would someone get your products? Right now we're online based. I'm actually looking to get my first storefront beginning of next year. I'm excited. Good. And what's your website? Um, it's www.delectables.net. Good. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes in case anyone wants to check that out. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to culinary school. What was your best class and what was your worst class? My worst class would have to be, I, I don't know the exact name of it, but you're going to know it's the meat class. Okay, yeah. Oh my gosh. We had to break down all those animals. I felt so bad for them. After like the third day of class, I was kind of used to it, breaking down a chicken. I can do it like under a minute. But um, I, I didn't really like that class. I didn't really enjoy it that much. Some people loved it, you know, and going in, going in there with their knives, cutting it up and everything. But I mean, I did it because I had to. And it was, you know, good learning experience. But I, did, I wouldn't prefer that class. That was my least favorite. Um, Were you a vegan or vegetarian at the time or no? No, I was not. Yeah, I could use that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of my favorites. I think surprisingly, my favorite class had been the pastry class. You know, um, the one reason why I wanted to take culinary is because I knew we would get a little bit of the um, pastry as well. So I was like, I'm not a thousand percent sure of what I want to do later on in my life, but I want to make sure I can get both the culinary and a pastry side to see, you know, where I'll fit in at. With the pastry class, I actually got like an A plus. That was my grade coming out of there. Um, it was surprising. When I plate, like I go into it not knowing how I'm going to plate at all. I just go, like my hands just start going. My thoughts are like going off the walls. Yeah, I actually got an A plus in that class. Everyone was shocked when I had presented my pastry. Great. What is one common myth about culinary school or the profession that you know people think about or might even say it to you that you know is not true that you want to debunk it's like this is that's not that's just the story that's not true what is it about culinary school um that the professors are I mean you know um everyone you know kitchen talk when you go in a restaurant you hear them screaming in the back all that chaos going on total opposite the total opposite everything has to be Mise en place, everything has to be calm, everything has to flow, you know, for efficient communication. If everyone's screaming around, yelling, you're not going to get a clear description of what needs to be done. And so we see a lot of those things on TV and on shows and things like that. And that's that's not what I got at all. I was expecting, you know, people be screaming, running around, things like that. But then um, there's a lot of error that when that happens. Um, one of my classes had actually gotten like a little rowdy before. And the chef was like, excuse me, like, no, like, this is unacceptable. Um, he's like, it needs to be efficient communication, which means everyone needs to be calm. You need to do what you're supposed to do, mise en place. Everything needs to go a certain way. Yeah, people think it's chaotic and a lot of confusion, mm -hmm. but it's really not. It's a pretty well oiled right. machine. Yeah. Yes. Great. What advice would you give someone that wanted to go to culinary school or asked you about culinary school or even getting into this career? Uh, what would you say to them? But just going with open mind. 
um, go in there and try to experiment as much as you can, get like as many lessons as you can. A lot of people I feel like um, when we do, did our labs and things like that, they would try to be a little safe, you know, just did a bare minimum, just to pass. I'm like, well, if, you know, if you just go all out, you know, chef might say, oh, well, you can do this a little bit better. Or next time, don't do this. But at least in the future, you will have that in the back of your head. and You won't make those wrong decisions. Oh, excellent. What's one of the biggest challenges you faced in culinary school? And did you, what lesson did you learn from it? The hardest thing that I had to go through was being a female. You know, um, some people say, oh, females don't belong in the kitchen. Females aren't good chefs or they're not as great as the, the male chefs and things like that. It's totally false. A female can be as good or better than the male chefs. Um, I feel as though certain females have to work harder, you know, to prove themselves and to show that their work is as great as the males. And so that's one thing. If you are a female, that's one thing you have to consider. But if you work, you know, not to say you have to work a little harder, but if you like show your work, you're on time, you do what you have to do. Everything will be fine. Did you get treated different in school or out in the industry because you were female? Um, during culinary school, the, um, the staff never treated me any differently. Some students did, you know, they would try to have these little competitions like, oh, I can cut better than you. Things like that. And I would always win. But <laughs> <laughs> um, out in the workforce, because for my internship, I did my internship at Marriott. So that was that was really, really cool. Their kitchen was huge. They had actually two floors. The kitchen was two floors um, upstairs and downstairs. So it was a lot of moving parts. Um, not as chaotic as you would think, as you would see on TV, but there's a lot of moving parts. Everyone knows their job. So it's kind of, it's kind of you know, you might get a little lost. You have to like take a step back, know who you are, continue your work, show why you're there and why you deserve to be there. But I wouldn't consider me being treated differently now. It didn't matter, male, female. You just do the job. And if you don't, then you suffer the consequences. Right. Yes. That's exactly how it was. Because I know sometimes there's, uh, I've had past guests say there was, you know, they were harassed a little bit because they were females or that male bravado or that dominated field that, but you didn't experience anything like that. Um, not from my immediate coworkers. Um, Actually, at the time, he doesn't work there anymore, but the executive chef at Marriott at that time, he was a little, you know, I would see him like his eyes wandering to the, uh, like the female, um, the females and things like that. And I had a little run in with that, you know, it was a little crazy, but yeah, he ended up getting fired because of that. So I'm glad that, you know, HR and everyone seen that and they did the appropriate things that needed to be done. Was, was that because of the run in with you or with somebody else? Honestly, it was a few different people. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I'm glad, you know, because some people, oh, they don't believe you and things like that. And then it's an uncomfortable work environment. But I'm glad that you know, what needed to be done happened. So. Yeah, no, definitely. When you were there, did you live in the dorms? You live on campus? I mean, did yes. there, what's, what's the behind the scenes stories that maybe didn't happen as part of the labs or academics, maybe part of the life? Anything you want to tell the listeners? I had literally the best friends on campus. Like they're still my friends to this day. They're awesome. One of my friends, she was um, in pastry and my other friend, she was um, in culinary arts, like, like I was. And then always going to the beach, having fun, things like that. You know, things are not, you don't typically get to do. You don't have like a curfew. So it was so much fun. We're in Miami, like come on. <laughs> the weather's beautiful. Um, 
we always used to walk down Biscayne. We would go to the little pizza spot right next to the, right next to the TV bank. Had so much fun, ate so many so many pizzas. We got sick. <laughs> I remember going to homecoming on campus. That was fun because um, I didn't really enjoy my high school's homecoming, but the Johnson Wells homecoming was really really fun. Those the the geese or the birds on campus that walk around near the uh, Wildcat uh-huh. statue. We used to like give them fries all <laughs> the time from the mix. Like they probably eat like ten times fatter now. Yeah, we had we had a ball. We used to go to the um, pool all the time. Um, I used to be in cross country, so yeah, I did some sports. So we used to run down it to the FIU campus, run back late nights out with friends. It was it was awesome. Definitely, definitely a lot of memories that I have. Good. Yes, that's helpful to some people that are listening to it. Like, well, what happens besides the the academic part of the, you know, the regular schooling, what do, what do we have to look forward to? What is the, what is the fun? What is the right. dating scene? What is all that part like? Uh-huh. Yeah. I actually, I had a, I was dating, I'm not dating him now, but I was dating um, someone both the two years I was there. I couldn't be too wild, but <laughs> I was in a relationship. So that relationship didn't last after school. No, no. Um, he's he actually lived outside of the U.S., so that uh-huh. kind of yeah, kind of put a damper on it. Yeah, the distance. Mm-hmm. Who are three people who have been the most influential to you? Could be academic, could be personal, could be professional, it could be alive, could be, you know, passed away, but someone that three people that were the most influential to you. So first person, I still say that he's my mentor to this day. Um, he's actually my high school culinary instructor. His name is Kip Poole. He's amazing. Um, he does so many things for his community. Um, he created a foundation for students to win scholarships. That's where I got my scholarship from um, and things like that. He's really, really so passionate about his work that it inspires me just to look at his food pictures or just to hear him talk. Second person would be one of the instructors from J. Will. Her name was Chef Machado. She is such a sweetheart, such, such a sweetheart. She's really, really down to earth and she knows what she's talking about. So if it's not the right way, she'll let you know. And I really respect people like that because I want to know what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong so I can perfect whatever I'm doing. My third person would be Bobby Flay. Who doesn't love Bobby Flay? (laughs) Who doesn't love Bobby Flay? Like, he makes cooking look so easy. Like, everything that he does is so flawless. Perfect execution every single time. He kicks butt. He's your favorite, huh? Bobby He's your favorite? <laughs> yes, yes. Him and him and Gordon Ramsay. Oh, my gosh, yes. They're awesome. Just awesome. Great. Um, tell me, going back to your externship, your internship, tell me how that went. Was it a good experience, bad experience? Were you surprised about it? What did you learn from it? You know, kind of expand upon that and let us know how that went. And where did you go? Okay, so for my internship, I went to the Marriott. And the process of getting that was I had an interview on on campus, actually, at JWU from one of the branch directors. It wasn't the director of that particular Marriott that I went to, but um, he looked at my resume. He loved my attitude, you know. So he said, okay, we're going to get you into one of our, you know, branches. Just give me a few days. Within a few days, they contacted me. They said they had a, um, a spot 
at one of the Marriott's and they would love for me to, you know, come on board. So um, I go to Marriott and I meet with the executive chef at the time. And, you know, everything's cool. You know, he's really, really cool. And all the staff is really, really inviting. Where was this property? In Miami? Yes. It was down Biscayne, I would say 30 minutes from campus. So um, at the time, I didn't have a car. So I had to take the bus every day, forth and back. That was the experience on its own because I've never, you know, ridden a bus before in my life. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I got on the wrong bus a few times. Um, this is just chaos but you know finally got it down you know it was very very simple it's just right down Biscayne so it's only you take one bus straight down and then when you're coming back you take the same exact number of bus going back it was it was fun I loved I loved you know being in such a big kitchen you know being around so many people that love what they're doing but while I was there I was kind of disappointed and the fact that everything was frozen, already kind of done for you. So it was just, you know, when I was at JWU, everything was fresh. You had these exotic ingredients. So I was just, you know, assuming that it would be the same way. And it wasn't. They would bring the things in the storeroom and put it in the fridge or the freezer, things like that. So it wasn't really much, you know, originality there. I was let down in that aspect of it. So I feel as though that's why. I do what I do now. Everything's fresh, plate things. I get to um, experiment with new flavors. I love inventing things. And I couldn't do that there. They didn't do much from from scratch then. They bought a lot of like convenience foods, like, you know, already pre-made. Yeah, like all the fishes were frozen. You just heat them up. Wow. Thing with chicken, things like that. The only things they actually like made in-house was um, potatoes, mashed potatoes. They would make yuca mashed potatoes. Those were really, really good. So you don't need a lot, lot of skill to work there then in that kitchen? You don't have to be classically trained? Yeah, just, you know, know how to hold a knife, make sure you do proper sanitation procedures. You just breeze right through it. You know, it wasn't really much to learn there. Is that where that chef was that got fired? Was he from that property? Yeah, he was the executive chef. And, he, and then another chef came, but it was still the same or no? I had actually left Marriott right before he had got fired they were, they were like in the middle of the whole like investigation so i don't know what happened after he had left because i had left i had actually um after the one guy i had dated on campus i started dating someone else at the marriott and i feel as though the executive chef he didn't like that and so he, that's when he started acting really weird and started having like this grudge against me and um so long story short ended up getting pregnant. So I was working- From the guy at Marriott. Yes. So um, I was dating him. I had moved into, I had already graduated JWU. So this is after my internship period had ended. So after- You stayed on You stayed on with the same company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after my internship, they just kept me there and I had just got hired as a, uh, an employee. So after I had um, gotten pregnant from there, that's when I had reported him to HR and um, I was just tired of it. So I just like left and I was about to have my baby anyway. So I knew it was going to be on maternity leave soon. Do you think that was the chef mad because you were dating another employee? Or was he mad because he liked you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was it. Um, Cause before he knew I was dating the guy, um, he would be very, very like flirtatious and things like that. I was catching watching me. I would feel uncomfortable and I would like look at him, letting him know, like, uh, I see you watching me. <laughs> and, you know, he's just, he's just, he was honestly just weird. He was just weird. Um, a lot of the employees didn't really 
like him per se. They liked the like the sous chefs and the kitchen assistants, but they didn't like. So yeah, after he had found out I was dating the guy, he had like a grudge. He treated me really, really bad because um, right before my um, graduation at JWU, he had offered me a kitchen supervisor's position, and soon after he found out I was dating him, and then like he didn't offer me that. Wow. He like took that off the table. Yeah. So like things like that, um, that he was being very, very unfair. It wasn't just to you though. He was doing the same to other people. Is that what you thought? Yeah. Other females huh. doing the same thing. Um, they weren't dating anyone there or if they were dating someone, he, you know, wouldn't know, he didn't know about it. So he was still being like, like very, very like flirtatious to them. And did he give him preferential treatment or anything or sp- better shifts or schedules or? Yeah. Hmm. Basically like whatever you wanted, he would, he would give you. You know, give you maybe like an extra 10 minutes on your break or, you know, things like that. He would do. If he liked, if he liked you or you like, but if you, if you didn't, he, you didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a totally different person. Totally, totally different. As I was working there, I was, I don't know, I was kind of fell into like a, kind of like a depression, but I wasn't not like a deep, deep depression, but I was like reflecting like, okay, in high school, you know, I was cooking. I loved to cook because everything was from scratch there too. I go to Jay, well, loved it, you know, had had a ball creating, learned things that I, did, like, I, did, I didn't know about myself. And then I get to Marriott and it's just like, I'm stuck. I don't, I didn't sign up for coming into a kitchen and feeling like this. You know what I mean? Like everything's already done. It is like the same thing over and over and over. Um, and like I said, I didn't get that from my high school experience. I didn't get that from J. Will. Everything was different each day. But of course, you got to take into the fact that everyone has set menus. So to a certain extent, there is going to be some type of um, reputation, you know. So after I was reflecting, like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. But I love to cook, um, you know. So after um, I left Marriott, I had my baby boy. And when he was three months, I started working at um, Makoto in Ball Harbor. Had a ball. I had a ball. I loved the the chef, the executive chef there. His name was Chef Anthony, and he can kick some butt. He's like a chef. Like he doesn't take crap. If it's not done right, it's not getting put out for the guest. Everything was from scratch. Everything was from scratch, um, and it was. Um, Japanese cuisine. So I got to learn so much there that I never knew about. But after, I think I was employed for maybe four months. And then, um, you know, everything was getting to be too much. I was a new mom. My family wasn't in Florida, you know, bills, you know, so I was kind of like drowning at that point. I loved the job. I really, really did, but it just wasn't working out. So Came back here to Delaware, where I'm from. You know, I get so much support from my family to help me out with mm-hmm. my son, things like that. And so, again, I'm stuck. I'm like, dang, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm back here. I don't want to work at a chain restaurant. I don't want to work at Olive Garden. I don't want to work at, of course, fast food restaurants. That's just not me, you know, because I already know what's going to happen if I go to a chain restaurant. The same thing that happened at Marriott. Um, everything's going to be frozen, already done, just got heated up, put it on the plate. After I had my son, I also wanted to, you know, snap back to my original body. So I started eating really, really good. I started doing lots of research on what is being put into the foods, 
preservatives, artificial colorings, and things like that. And I'm just like, okay, so basically I'm going to eat grass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, this cannot be life right now. So like I guess I was doing research. So I started making my own stuff. Started making my own snacks, healthy snacks. And then it, you know, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, healthy foods. Everyone needs to eat healthy. Everyone wants to eat healthy, but it just don't taste good, right. you know? And so I'm just like, I'm going to make food for everyone. And that's what I started doing. So I started, you know, in the kitchen late nights when my baby would go to sleep. I'm in the kitchen making from vegan gummies to apple chips, pineapple chips. Started um, experimenting with juicing, things like that. Looking at um, different properties I can put in it to make it like different things that will help your body. Mm -hmm. So then I started selling it start selling it to shops, local shops, because my dad's a barber. So I would go to his shop, you know, sell my strawberry lemonade and things like that. And I was like, yo, this is good. Like, come back next week with three more um, and things like that. So it started getting a little out of hand. Couldn't keep up. And I'm like, you know what? First things first, I need to brand this. Um, and so that's when I branded myself Delectables. And so ever since then, I've just been, you know, experimenting. I have like a whole line of vegan products now. So yeah. Wow. Exciting. So from... Uh you know, being driven away from that, you know, processed food and it, it ended up starting a, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Cause like, that's my whole thing. I just love to invent things. And I feel like I always want to get back to my community and I never knew how. And I feel like health is the best way to do that. Wow. So those, what was the low points then coming from culinary school to where you are now, which just, you know, seem yeah. revived and revigorated and starting your business, those low points, what would you say were that were, were the, Definitely Marriott. Marriott, um, and I would have to say transitioning back to Delaware, you know, at first it was, it was hard because there's nothing, I don't know if you know much about Delaware, but there's nothing here. <laughs> there's really nothing here except for like chain restaurants and fast food and things like that. And I didn't want to work there at all. I wanted to work at somewhere original, fresh, local ingredients, you know, really hands-on. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say um, coming from Marriott, I would say Makoto was a high point. Cause I'm like, okay, I love cooking. Cause I, I had a, you know, I had to look back, back at myself like, does this, do I really like cooking? Do I really want to do this? When I left Marriott and I go to Makoto, I'm just like, yeah, I love this. Like, there's no way I can give this up. Then I come back here and say, oh, that start from scratch. I don't know where to work. <laughs> I have a baby. I need to make some money, you know, but I don't want to be like a slave. You know, I want to have fun with whatever, you know, avenue I take. Sure. And so now I'm back. What advice would you give to someone like a young female that's going into this business, this industry, and, and she has these situations or experiences like you did? Was, was there something that you would give them advice or should that should you've done something different or is there anything that you'd want them to know? So if you're a female in the culinary industry and you're in a kitchen and you're feeling uncomfortable from, you know, either guys, I've seen it before, has it happened to me, guys rubbing up on you, saying, you know, inappropriate things to you, like nip it in the butt, then in there. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. They're going to like test, you know, test the waters to see if you're okay with it or if you're going to say anything. And if you don't, they're going to keep doing the same thing and it's just going to get worse. So you need to nip it in the butt, um, go to a higher up person or go to HR and then just get it squashed right then and there because you don't want to suffer. It's not your fault that they're doing inappropriate things. You just want to nip it in the butt and so that you can feel comfortable in your work environment. Mm -hmm. Another 
suggestion I would say is to not look down on yourself. You know, some people say like, oh, because you're female, just don't listen to them. Like it's been proven time and time again, a female is just as good as a guy or even better. You know, if she puts the same effort into it or more effort, you're going to get the same results as a guy would. So yeah, just keep trying. Don't give up. You feel uncomfortable, nip it in the butt, stay positive. Good advice. Where do you see yourself in the years to come? Ooh, that's exciting. Um, <laughs> um, I see myself having my storefront, um, continuing doing what I love, making my community healthier, and um, giving back. I definitely you know, want to host some type of um, maybe classes for people that don't know how to make, you know, like um, vegan. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like vegan foods and things like that. I know a lot of people that want to get into it. And so, yeah, I, w- I want to help them out, you know, because it's not as hard as people think and it's not as nasty as, people. you know, you can make it taste really, really good and make it taste, you know, like vegan chicken. You can make it taste just like regular chicken. So definitely want to give back. Um, I see myself, my storefront, maybe having a few storefronts, but um, I don't want like a big chain. Like I said, I want to be very personable, fresh, local ingredients. Maybe a cookbook or recipes, right? Yes, 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 yes. You know, share that with them or, you know, somehow... Get that material out there, a YouTube channel or something, cooking, how to cook healthy. So now knowing what you know, and you've had some years uh, since you've graduated and you've got some perspective looking back, would you do it all again? You know, all the time and the money and everything for culinary school, do you, did, was it worth it? Would you do it again? Would you change anything? Well, I'd do it all over again. For this outcome that I have, yes. I feel as though if I was to do it all over again, I wouldn't go to school for culinary. I would probably go for marketing or business because I have my own business now. Um, I feel as though with cooking, it is great. I love J.U. I love, you know, all the lessons that I learned there. But I feel as though they could be taught at whatever location you're working at. Um, They can teach you basic things there. And depending on what restaurant you work at, they can, you know, tweak it to where you know what to do for that restaurant. So me personally, I would go for business or marketing so that um, I would have the tools to pursue my own business like I am now. Because yeah, some people do that now. They do the two-year associate in the culinary, and then they get their bachelor's in yeah. business or entrepreneurship, and they kind of use one yeah. as a stepping stone to do the other. Yeah, that would have been a good idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as we come to the end of our chat today, and before we wrap up, is there any last-minute advice or guidance you want to leave with the listeners, something you want to share? If you can think it, you can do it. That's That's what I live by. Each day, if I can think of it, I can do it. If I work hard enough, I can get there. Don't give up. Always stay positive um, and always do unto others what you want to be done back to you. Always. You mentioned the title being Elevate. What, is that, what does that mean? How would you, how does that come into your, your story? Came from, you know, I had my trials and tribulations, had my ups and my downs. But the, at the end of the day, I have elevated. I have looked at myself better. I have so much more confidence. And so in that aspect, I feel like I have elevated. Great. Okay. Well, that's just about all the time we have for this episode. And I want to first thank you, Tamira, for coming on the show today and sharing your culinary school story with all of us. We really appreciate your time, your insight, and your honesty. No, thank you. I really enjoyed myself, you know, just reminiscing back to seeing like where I started and now like where I am. It's just amazing. Thank you. That's the journey, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thanks again. I really enjoyed our chat and bye-bye. Bye. 
And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show, so please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. That's culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next culinary school story, take care and be well. Bye-bye.